for it, but I, I will start by saying, we'll come back to it because it, um, it's a ridiculous statement, but I have met some stupid people in my time, but I've never met a stupid boat captain. Like, I've, you have to know your stuff, right? Absolutely. It's a, it is an absolute art. Oh, my God. So are you, where are you on the scale of, like, just tell me what to do versus I know to go grab that and tie it into a particular kind of knot? Oh I pretty much know what I've seen on movies. So that would be, um, I think there's a, a boom in there somewhere. Maybe there's like a Starbucks. Side. I don't know. So literally, I, I'm the ignorant person you're talking about. So I can help zero percent. Oh, my God. I've never, I would love to, I've never even, I don't think I've ever been on a sailboat. Mm. Ever. Ever. Okay. No. First no. time for everything, Chris. First time for Better everything. Make it so for, yeah. So, but you've got a, you have a boat trip, sailboat trip coming up. I do. Celebrating a birthday. Mm -hmm. uh, happy birthday, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, very cool. And then where can you, can you share? No, we're live, but can you share where you're going again? Just kind of to, so we can all celebrate that. Yeah, absolutely. So St. Martin, St. Bart's and um, Anguilla. So those are kind of a little island cluster together. So kind of deep in the Caribbean, beautiful waters and probably amazing food and people. So oh, I'll circle back with you, but it should be a really great time. Oh my God. Well, I can't, I can't wait to see pictures uh, that you post or that other people post or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very exciting. And hopefully some inventive boat names come out of that too. So. Yes. I, I hope there will be. <laughs> All right. Well, you ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Here we go. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome back to the Recruiting Community uh, Podcast Show. This is a labor of love. We don't do advertisements on this, uh, but we do talk to you about what's going on within the CXR community. Uh, so this is about a 20-minute chat where we bring in TA leaders uh, that we're super fond of, that we think are doing cool work, uh, folks within the space to just kind of talk about what's keeping them up at night, right? What's on their mind. Uh, a couple of things, just a little, a little bit of housekeeping. So we are streaming on YouTube, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, a couple other spots you can find this episode and all previous episodes and, and what's coming up at cxr.org slash podcast. Super easy to do that. But if you happen to be on LinkedIn, we've got the live chat going today. So if you want to jump in, ask some questions, uh, that kind of thing, do so, right? Share LinkedIn profile, talk to each other, use that thing uh, that is LinkedIn, uh, however you see fit. But, but we'd enjoy hearing from you. And if you ask a relevant question, something like that, we'll put it up on the screen. We'll do our best to get to it. Uh, really quickly, though, before we jump in, uh, I want to do real quick. I want to throw up on the screen CXR.org slash events. What I'm going to do is just share with you quickly what we've got ahead uh, in September. So some things for you uh, to know about now. Well, I lied. I'm going to give you a little bit of August, too. Uh, we have a workshop coming up on competency-based recruiting, uh, which we're excited. We've got a friend, Maya Huber, coming in. She's going to help with that. That's going to be August 30th. Uh, we have a community up meeting that is also August 30th, and those are for uh, our members uh, that are in transition. Uh, we've created a membership for them where they're going to come in, these TA leaders, and talk about what's going on in the space and as they're searching for work. So they'll be with us August 30th. But in September, uh, we're going to be doing a podcast show, I think, on the 5th, uh, where we're going to have a recruiting community podcast TA Day. Uh, 2023. We're going to do that. We've got a monthly startup TA meeting, which is going to be uh, September 8th. And we've got uh, dozens of startup leaders in the TA space who are coming together to talk about what's a little bit different 
uh, on the startup side of TA, right? It's a different set of muscles. We had quite a few people uh, during during and post pandemic. I think TA leaders left big organizations to go to smaller, uh, more startup size or feel or, or orgs like that to lead TA and what they've learned. And now we're pulling them together to kind of talk with each other about what's going on in that space. We've got our in-person candidate experience meeting that's coming up on September 11th. We're going to be at Edward Jones. Uh, and that is September 11th. We're doing that for a couple of days, actually. So if you've been with us for that, uh, but it'll be in St. Louis. It's going to be the 11th through the 13th as we go through it. Uh, and then I think employer branding meeting is going to be online. We've got an EMEA meeting coming up that's going to be online. And then, of course, we've got our monthly lecture that we've got becoming a leader of distinction. If you weren't on the last one, we had 300 people registered for that one just over. So I'd encourage you to check that out. Uh, and then I think lastly, I'll just share with you, we have a leadership summit. We're going to be in Napa. It's going to be hosted at the Louis M. Martini Winery uh, with EJ Gallo as our host. We're excited about that. We do that once a year where we're bringing together uh, a bunch of the TA leaders uh, to talk about what's keeping them up at night and work on a couple of things together. So that is, it is a big packed end of year month of September. So if you, if you haven't checked out cxr.work slash events, uh, head out there and see what we've got going on and what you can be part of. It's not all members only. There's quite a few things out there you can jump into. So with all of that, that very long-winded uh, intro, I'm going to welcome our guest today, Tara Doyle. Tara, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Chris. Good to be here. Yeah, well, it's nice to have you back. This is not your first, uh, not your first dance with us. You've you've, <laughs> you've been here before. You keep inviting me back. I hope that's a good sign. Yeah, of course. We love we love to have you back. So, look for those who maybe don't know you, Terry. Why don't you give us uh, a little bit of that escalator pitch to talk a little bit about what you do at Roche, um, maybe how long you've been there, and and why we should be listening to you. And then we're going to jump into this thing called Indiefluence. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, again, thanks for the invite. So Tara Doyle, I'm based out of Indianapolis. I've been with Roche now for five years. Uh, I am the area of practice lead for recruiting for the Americas region. Uh, we are a company based out of Switzerland. So I have a couple of colleagues in EMEA and APAC that help uh, facilitate and run the execution of recruiting for our global function. Uh, I've been in the talent acquisition space for 20 years. Uh, in the area of corporate agency as well as RPO. So I kind of have that holy trinity, as I like to call it, experience level. So it's been a really fantastic fun ride. It's ever changing. Um, so yeah, I've touched a little bit of everything in, in my entire career. So um, maybe that's why you have me here, keep me coming back. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's good and we've got a lot of fun things happening, not only within Roche, but then IndieFluence, which is not just a Roche initiative, actually. So, no. Well, there's a myriad of reasons why we, uh, we would have you back, obviously. But let's talk a little bit about this thing called IndieFluence because I had not I had not heard of this mm -hmm. uh, until it came up in a conversation. So, so I guess the, the first question we've got, uh, Terry, is what is IndieFluence and how did Roche, I guess, first get involved with IndieFluence? Like, what what sparked that initial interest with them? Yeah. Well, actually, Roche was one of the founding companies for it. So maybe it's best to kind of start with why it even came to to kind of come to fruition. So there were a lot of large companies lo locally, like One America, Eli Lilly, Roche, that, you know, they just came to terms to say, look, we, we fight for talent every day, you know, against each other, but we also have a really unique proposition to be able to figure out how we can keep talent in the city and ultimately the state of Indiana. And so, you know, it's kind of unheard of to have companies partner together to say, how can we come collectively to do this together? Because we will all benefit from it as we keep people here. So this started, you know, pre-pandemic uh, to come together and figure out, well, what could this be? And how it started and what it's evolved to has obviously changed in a good, positive way. 
But when it, it started, there were a handful of companies that basically got their interns together. At that time, it was one day and it was a day of service all around the city. Uh, mm-hmm. After that day of service, they converged upon Georgia Street downtown, if you're familiar with Indianapolis, for basically a party. I mean, there were community leaders that were there and it was just a chance to engage and network and just give them a flavor for what the city had to offer. So fast forward to now this year, which was our first year back fully in person, because during COVID, we obviously took uh, programming virtual and the evolution was fantastic. So what what it was this year, because I think this is important to note, is that it it, it ended up being a four week programming. So instead mm. of just one event at one time, we yeah. divided it into segments, which was meet indie. So what is the city? What are we all about? Right. Gen Z talent cares for more than just have a job. Like it's the community effort. It's what kind of that community has to offer. It's big for them. And so we want them to see what Indy is. They want, we wanted them to learn from Indy. And that means exposure to other companies here, not just the one they're interning for, but how can they really see what other industries are, are there and also meet other interns from those locations. So expanding their social as well as their personal networks. Uh, and lastly was to give back. So there still was a give back element. They actually got together and uh, had a $14,000 endowment that they were able to give to a local not-for-profit that they voted on. So wow. it was, it, like I said, there's been a nice evolution, but in theory where it started was just, let's get these people here, loving the city, loving the companies that are here so that when they graduate, they come back, or if they're from here, they stay. That was the intent behind the whole thing. I love that. Well, I love that feeling of giving back. I love the fact that you're connecting uh, those students with other students, right? So they may not necessarily be, the way I understood it, directly, uh, I guess, directly headed to Roche. They might they might be headed to other employers, right? And, and, you're, and you're connecting them anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Are- and it's, you know, that's a key part of it, too, is it's, it's very difficult. I mean, you know, any work you have, internships are no different. You kind of get in your silo and you're busy doing your thing. And, you know, some of them are here just for the, just for that 10 week period. Again, some yeah. might live here and they're having internships, but you've got a, a variety. And so you're really kind of maximizing the time and creating that in a real direct way instead of, oh, maybe you find someone down on Mass Ave and happen to connect. And this is a real intentional and they have things in common. And, and that's really good. So you help facilitate them. So I think, again, organically, it has really expanded their networks in a way that it is creating future connections, whether they stay or not. But we've had some really great success so far. So I know we'll talk about that in a little bit. I love it. Yeah. And I do have a question about it. I do. But for those who are listening and not watching, we've got it up on the screen uh, where you can check out IndieFluence. And it's just what it sounds like. It's I-N-D-Y-F-L-U-E-N-C-E.com indiefluence.com. It's super easy. So, but let's take a half a step back, Tara. Let me ask you like, what, um, what challenges are unique to Roche that, that you guys faced in attracting early career talent and how does partnering with a, a community-based org like an Indiefluence sort of help address those specifically? Yeah. Well, first of all, any organization needs to be ready to accept early career talent, right? So it yep. starts with your your jobs and really the experience you look for. And so Roche, like many organizations, are looking at what what is what is it required to come in? Certainly some require experience, but others really it's your potential. It's the ability. It's kind of how you're leaning in. It's that mindset. Uh, and those are just really important pieces in the perspective and unique kind of variances that this Gen Z talent is coming in, the perspective they bring just is is really fantastic. So our challenge was 
one, how do you ready yourself for it? And then two, how do you really get those people knowing who you are? Uh, we are very branded locally. Um, you know, we've got a very, very big facility. We've got, you know, a lot of employees here, but yeah. we're also a Swiss owned company. So there's also an element of, huh, what is, what does that company do? And you hear Roche, they might think pharmaceutical, but we also are headquartered diagnostic division here for North America. So it's also education. Yeah. Uh, on what we as a company has to offer. And then also just getting people excited about it. You know, I had mentioned Gen Z, you know, their interests are different. Kind of this work-life integration is important. And for us as an organization, what we do for patients, kind of in the biotechnology healthcare space, it, it can personally touch every single person. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it was getting them excited to connect that work life. And they can do that now, not only through um, their work, but then how they live and experience that. So for us, that was that was a really big problem that we continually always want to solve. For. I love that. I love it. Is there um, is there a specific way? I mean, how how does Roche sort of measure the return on on the investment for a, for a community involvement piece like this, right? Particularly with like like indie fluence. Yeah, you know, a lot of it can be measured also in just uh, applicant flow, right? For for those okay. students that are in internships that ultimately come in, also connections that are made. So you have you know, clicks and social media that you can take a look at, which we're doing too. The true, true testament too, though, are hires. So it's it's conversion for those that we have in intern uh, opportunities that convert to full-time, but also those that might have experienced internships in other organizations locally that then come to us upon their graduation, either in kind of our full-time, what I call standard position, or even like our rotational programs, which are built for early and career talent. So just like a lot of other organizations, it's what are those conversion rates? And like IndieFluence, just so you know, initially the first year uh, when we had 500, mm -hmm. half of those people converted to full-time opportunities locally. Like that, that's a pretty significant turnaround. Wow. We're still waiting on the numbers for this year, right? Because you, you kind of have to wait until your, your cycle. Most of them were rising seniors, but we actually think it'll be higher this year. And we had over 600 interns this year from 32 states and 23 countries. Wow, those so are well, small expanded. numbers. Yeah, yeah not yeah. small at all and continues to grow. Yeah, very interesting. And how long, I don't I, I don't know if I caught it in the beginning, how long has IndieFluence been around, do you know? Yeah, it, um, our first year of like full, full in-person uh, programming was 2019 uh, and then went virtually for a couple of years. And this was our, uh, our next year back basically in that full-time capacity in person. Yeah, I was going to say, so this has sort of come out of that run of the yeah. pandemic and come out of that piece there. So it's got mm -hmm. it, it's got an interesting history on it. So to be able to see it grow. And I, I think it's just inspiring. Right. Anything that is that is going back into the community, I think, or that gets built out of that community as a way to just kind of come together. And as you mentioned earlier, where these these students are meeting each other, you're strengthening their networks that really yeah. go. I mean, Terry, they really go beyond Roche, like they really go beyond that profession, I would imagine. Yeah. It is. And what they're also interested in learning and understanding is what are, what's the companies give back? Like, what are their philanthropic efforts? Where are they spending their time outside of kind of what their core business is? That's really, really important uh, to these students. And so this gives them the opportunity to do that. I think where the challenge comes, you know, IndieFluence actually has a requirement for those that might, you know, sign up their interns is to they have to make sure to really support their involvement mm -hmm. because, you know, you may have your day to day intern job, but we're asking them also to have attendance at kickoff, you know, or the close and potentially if they have the ability to participate in the programming elements. And so there's an expectation that companies will honor that. Sometimes that's hard, right? I mean, you, you, you know, these people are doing meaningful work. It's normally not just, 
you know, internships, I think, have come a long way over the years of not just doing busybody, but they're really doing meaningful projects. And so sometimes it's hard to let them go. So that's one challenge that we continue to work through is for them to find the balance so they can get the job done, but then also really lean into the to the Indiefluence program. Yeah, because that, well, you're, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of work that's going on. You brought these interns, you know, speaking as the hiring team, right? You brought these interns in to do some stuff, but what do you mean you're pulling them out of here to go do something else that, you know, it maybe doesn't initially impact me directly? I mean, that's- With another company that maybe they get more interested you know, in. To sell it. You've got to sell that, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But they honestly do. It's, it's great. It's just- just like anything, people have to prioritize and, and interns in this capacity are absolutely no different. Oh, I love that. Well, look, so so looking ahead, what would you say Tara's next for, I guess, Roche's uh, community based recruiting strategies? Are there do you have any exciting plans ahead that you can share, even even if they're just outside of IndieFluence, right? If they're, they're not related to that, but they're, they're just community based efforts. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, Roche is a company that invests a lot locally, um, not only with, and really at all levels of the organization, but also our senior leadership being involved right. in a lot of different community efforts. It's, just, it's an important uh, piece. It's who we are and it's it's what we do uh, in our industry. But the other thing that we are doing specific to kind of draw talent in is, you know, I think that the university channels are, are great. They're becoming more robust. So that has been very strong for us. Now we're changing the game. You know, we're getting down into the, the high school levels. And so we also have some very specific high school initiatives and programs. The state of Indiana for the 2024 graduating class. So that so this year, there's yeah. a requirement to get your high school diploma that it's not just enough to go to school. So you also have to have work experience, project management experience, volunteer experience. And so a lot of schools are really looking for that avenue. Who can we partner with that might be able to give our students some of these significant opportunities and we do have partnerships with some local high schools to allow them also to have summer internships and some of them are also even for the school year where they're getting school credit so for us that's i think an, another next level evolution to look at apprenticeships and mm -hmm. how meaningful they could be not only to those students but also to us as an organization yeah i think apprenticeships uh, i had not really given fair consideration to apprentice apprenticeships until uh, some months ago when we had a guest on to, to literally talk about the value of those and and how they maybe don't mean what you think they mean yeah. uh, if you've been in the ta space for a while i was quite surprised at some of those things but tara let me ask you and maybe not specific to roche just, just your opinion right so not speaking on behalf of roche or on behalf of indiefluence I wonder if you would agree that coming out of the pandemic, we have seen some, the education falls a little bit behind. No, I don't think anybody can argue that uh, because of the state of things, but this going back into the community and going back into invest in um, different ways to recruit or even grow talent locally. I don't think we're done with that. I think we're going to continue, continue to see a lot of that come out. Do you think that this is uh, in part a result of that, that environment that that we're trying so hard to emerge from and then with that yes or no what do you think's next do we you know where are we going next with this do you think as, as an industry yeah i think it is um yeah I, I mean i agree with you i think that there was a lot that happened with things that were lost and i mean i would tell you like from from workers we've been used to things in a, a very virtual way for a very long time but you yeah. take students that are you know, still developing and still building their knowledge base. And it, it was much more difficult, let alone the uncertainty that was in the world. So I guess the short, short answer is yes. I think there's an impact on that for sure. And what I appreciate are companies that are almost like giving a, 
pause on it. It's almost like how the university said, hey, you know what, let's drop the test requirements um, for your standardized testing for your normal college admittance because we recognize. I think companies are doing the same thing. I think they're really yep. looking at what are the requirements, what is expected because they value, again, that perspective, the mindset, the, uh, the capability. I think that that is different. So now they're making their jobs more ready for that, which I think is a direct result or for some of them, at least a direct result of that pandemic. And then what's next? I think it's furthering developing that. I just think that there's a different appreciation now to what's needed, recognizing that you have jobs that require um, people to have PhDs or MDs. That, that's never going to change. You're, you're not going to flex on that. That'd be bad for all of us. But for those where you can still have meaningful and valuable work by not having XYZ, or if your grades weren't as great, I, just, I think that there really is some lack to that. And I think we'll continually evolve and make our organizations more ready for that talent. And basically, it's going to meet them where they're at. And that does not mean that yeah. you're lowering your standards. I think it's just you're meeting the needs of the people that ultimately are going to be your future. And that feels fairly natural. Yeah, I think it's spot on. It's funny because we, we had a guest on the show uh, I think a couple of weeks ago when the topic came up, he's a senior TA leader. He's been in space about 30 years or so uh, doing a lot of work Well, and, and a successful background. And a recruiter called him up and said, hey, you applied for this. Uh, it's a I forget it was a senior director or AVP or some level of role right in, in senior leadership for TA. And they said, but there's you missed the part on your uh, application. And in the process, uh, we, we assume it's just a mistake. No college diploma. There's no degree listed here, where is it? He said, well, I didn't, I didn't graduate from college. And they mm -hmm. said, oh, well, this requires a college degree. And it's like, even with that track record yeah. of success, even 30 something years in the space, mm -hmm. some organizations still get hung up on that. I think that's it just is. so broken. It is. I could not agree with you more. Yeah. And it's, I think you raise a really good point of tying, like, what do we really need in the space for these roles? And I think what I suspect we're going to begin to see is an is more of an um, an emergence of companies that are trying to help shape the curriculum uh, for for the you know the Votex and for you know these secondary schools and educations coming out of here. These skills that are more on track with the talent that we're going to need, and hoping that will help. Yeah, Chris, that's a good point. Um, and actually, on that, we we partner with the University of Indianapolis for that. And it's a direct program where we ha have helped kind of build that curriculum together. And it feeds interns that feed into full time positions. So I think for us, and I think many companies are along the same route. It, it's again, it's, I think, easier and more um, open at the university level, but you're looking at the other you know, the trades and how they can funnel in. You're also looking at those that don't go to any post-secondary. There's an entire population, especially yeah. in, in many underserved areas. And so I think that's also where the change comes is there's a recognition of what you want to do for your community and offering those. And that's where I think also working with city leaders is very helpful because, you know, sometimes you even forget we need to talk about transportation as well. Folks may not have access to transportation. So how do you now kind of build yeah. that to ensure they can get to where they need to get? And now we are shaping the community. That's a game changer. And, and I think that that's absolutely directionally where we need to go. I love it. I love it. hundred percent agree. Well, that's why I love it. I a hundred percent agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So we ask everybody um, with the state of things and this topic, Tara, if you were going to write a book, what is the title of that book today? 
Ooh, specific on this, Chris? Hmm. Sure, just around this topic of, you know, we're, we're having to change how we how we touch uh, younger talent and how we reach out to them and connect with them and uh, the whole breadth of the last 22 minutes. You know what? I would say, I would say, and I'm not going to say the right words, but what I'm getting to is like, meet, meet you where you're at, right? So it's almost like there's a tagline of meet you where you're at and we're going to get there together. So I would need to, in typical Tara fashion, wordsmith that, but in essence, that's <laughs> Somebody chat GPT that for me. Yes, <laughs> it will be far more eloquent. Yes. I love that. Okay, so se second question. Who gets the first signed copy? Well, you, of course. No, you can't I give mean, it to me. Just, no, yeah, no, it's a no, given. no. And then the second one right up here in my bookcase. <laughs> there you go. It goes up to the top. That's perfect. That's right. right. Tara, fantastic to see you. I want to, I'm going to throw it up one more time and we can get it on the screen. Check out IndieFluence. It's indyfluence.com. Uh, check those guys out if you want a little bit more information on that. You can also, of course, connect with Tara, um, who is out on the LinkedIn. It's just, as you would imagine, slash in slash Tara Doyle. Uh, so you can connect to her directly. And Tara, that's it. I just want to say thank you so much. I know you're super busy and really, really so much gratitude for you making time to chat with everybody. It was my pleasure, Chris. Thanks for having me. All right. Good stuff. Until next week, everybody, let's say bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads, and on Instagram at career xroads. We'll catch you next time.